Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amen at charis.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at charis.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. Your word says that whilst Peter yet spake, the Holy Spirit fell on the people who listened to him. We declare that anyone listening to us in this building, outside of the building, around the world, via the internet or any medium, we pray that your power will visit all of us. Holy Spirit, come upon us. For you said that the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and the power of the highest shadow by shadow. Lord, as your word is taught, Holy Spirit, visit us. Meet us at the point of our knees. Every individual here. In Jesus' name. And all shall say. And all shall say. Someone was asked, what does it mean to quench the Holy Spirit? Because to quench kind of is a good thing. You drink and quench your thirst. No. Quench has to be kill something. It's like fire. Thirst is like burns, you know. So to drink and quench the thirst means that that burning, that thing goes. So Holy Spirit is, is like a fire. And when you quench the Holy Spirit, you quench his power, his move, his influence, his impact, his flow. So right now, if fire is started anywhere, you can quench the fire by pouring water on it. And then it, it stops. In the same way, the Holy Spirit is like fire. So when it's moving now, means there are attitudes and tendencies and behaviors that can stop the flow. It can quench the flow. That is why as um, the angel of the Lord over this assignment and as the leader of this assignment, it is necessary in a smooth of the Spirit like that to draw our attention to things that can quench the Holy Spirit, can quench the Holy Spirit, and things that can grieve. He's about to say he's, he's, he's grieved. He's not happy. Something as if you grieve him, he redraws what he wants to do. So it is necessary. We have to watch. Watch and check the atmosphere. And look at, it's like, ready, Holy Spirit, what's the next thing you're about to do? Then we, we flow with him. Then we flow with him. We, and then anything we realize is going to quench or interfere with the spirit of the, the, the moving of the, we quickly deal with it. Because as long as the spirit of God is at work in the church, nothing can affect the church. The only thing that spoils church is issues from within. Flesh. So a guess what time Holy Ghost is put on the back or bench, uh, sit somewhere, let us run our own thing. There are a lot of services where in our modern day, when if the Holy Spirit is not there, it won't make any difference. Because he doesn't actually, he's not giving any space. You know, we don't want to be that kind of church where we become victims of human systems and social systems and then our kind of church becomes like a subculture. People come because, okay, these are our kind of people. This is what we do. You know, but it's not that. We are Holy Ghost people. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Let's also say spiritual gifts. Say it louder. With regards to spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. You've got to know some things. 
Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these damp idols, uh, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit. Say the same Spirit. Say that again, please. For the last time. There are diversities of gifts the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries by the same Lord. There are diversities of activities by the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each, each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another. Did you notice the same Spirit? The same Spirit. The same Spirit. Take notice of that. Okay, let me start again. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. So that's how it is. Through the Spirit. Then to another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. So the first one said through the Spirit. It says that to another, there's another one that is given. But it said it's still the same Spirit that gave to this one. And it gave to this. Even though two different things, it's the same Spirit that is one. Then he went on. You see, if it wasn't important, there wouldn't have been the need for him to keep stressing the same spirit. The same spirit. It's one spirit by diversities of gifts. Okay, verse 9. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another working of miracles. Then he had to enumerate them quickly. Alright, because he's kept. So he started by the same, by the same, by the same. Then he started because then it starts to imply that they just continue the same. It's the same thing I'm saying. So I don't need to now keep repeating the same spirit, but then you should know that I've said it four times or three times, the same spirit. Said, so now there are more. So just let me just enumerate them or mention them so that you can know. So it starts mentioning them. A prophecy to another discernment of spirit to another different kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. But watch the verse 11. Let's all read the verse 11 together. Let's go. And the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So who does all these things? One and the same. One and the same spirit gives and distributes to all. Now, there are a few things to draw to our attention. Now, we, how many gifts did we mention there? There are nine. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, interpretation of tongues, gift of um, healing, diverse kinds of tongues, working of miracle, gift of healing, prophecy, and then faith. All right. So these are all by the same spirit. And one thing I like is that is it is not pastors or your uh, schools that give it to you. It's spirit who does it. So that tells us that it's actually in direct relationship with, it's in direct flow with, based on your relationship with the spirit. Because if it's the spirit that does it, then can you imagine if you quench the spirit, he can't do it. Because it's, it's called, verse 7, it's called the manifestation of the spirit, which is also called a gift. All right. There are a few things I've written down. We all know, last week, I took my time to explain what the word of knowledge is, word of wisdom and discernment of spirit and all the others. But there are some things that I want to just add a little bit, not to these ones. There are a few things that we have to take notice of, which is very important. I want to talk about the requirements for the gifts. 
Because it is the Spirit of God who gives. What qualifies a person to receive the gift? He gives it. Does he give it to only pastors? No. Does he give it to only matured Christians? No. Does he give it to anybody? Now, watch this. Can an unbeliever, someone who is not born again, prophesy? And he comes and says that the Holy Spirit has come upon me. God said, I should tell you. Can someone who is not born again prophesy? These are things that we have to know. All right. Can someone who is not born again the Holy Spirit, receive that gift for the Holy Spirit to operate through them? The answer is clear, categorically, no. With a big N and big O. I said something earlier on. I said that the, the manifestation, there needs to be a relationship with the Spirit. Because the manifestation of the Spirit, which is given to us. Now, he, if the Spirit of God is going to use someone, the first place, you, have to, you are dead. How can a dead person pilot a plane? It doesn't happen. Yeah. If you are not born again, you are spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. You, can, you don't have stimuli. You can't respond to, you don't have the sense of God. The knee-jerk reaction or response. You can't respond to God because you are dead. So anything that God will do for you, he has to first quicken you. So Ephesians, says, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, it said, And you who were dead in your transgressions, has he quickened? He has made us alive through Christ. Do you see that? So he has made us alive where we were dead in our transgressions. And he said, for in times where you, uh, verse 2, talks about how you walk according to the course of this world, according to the preaching of darkness, of this world, the, the spirit who works in the, in the sense of the soul. That spirit is working in us. If you are not born again, there's a spirit at work in you. That's why if you are born again and you are going to get married, you know, it matters because you are, if you, the Holy Spirit is in you and you are going to marry someone Who's, who also, the spirit of disobedience is working in them. It matters. Verse 3 talks about, amongst whom we, we live our lives and fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, just as others. Where? Say where. where? You didn't have to do anything. By nature. When we say something is by nature, this gentleman here doesn't have to do anything for the beard to grow. <laughs> it's by nature. <laughs> okay. It's by nature. And guess what? He said, You, by nature, you are children of wrath. The wrath of God was against you. That's how critical it is when someone is not born again. The wrath of God, and you say, God, his, his wrath is against you, he's coming to now prophesy through you. Hey, my children, my, hey, for what? You actually wanted. You have. No, anyone who is not born again, so long as heaven is concerned, you are a criminal. <laughs> I said, so long as heaven is concerned. In the eyes of heaven, you are a criminal. In other words, you are wanted. You are fugitive. Because the Bible said, you know, you see, what people don't understand is, you were born like, you didn't have to do anything. You were born like that. The Bible said, by nature, you are a child of wrath. Didn't you see it? By nature. So you were born. You were born. As a child of wrath, God's wrath was against you. But because God is a loving God, he said, I got to do something about it. So he sent Jesus Christ. Now, I want to say some things very quickly. We have the gift of God, the gift of Christ, and the gift of the Spirit. Who can tell me what the gift of God is? Is it John 3.16? 
What's the gift of God? Jesus. So anytime you come across the gift of God, most of the time is Jesus. So Jesus is God's gift. All right. The gift of God is Jesus. Now we have the gift of Christ. The gift of Christ. The gift of Christ, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. This is very important. All right. Verse 11, it says that, and he himself, talking about Jesus, that's why he, capital, and he himself gives, and when you read previously, it says that he ascended into heaven, is the one who went down before he ascended, when he ascended, so he who descended is also the one ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things, that's Jesus, now watch what he did, verse 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some Pastors and teachers. So Jesus gave this, that's what is called a gift of, gift of Christ. So Christ gave. The gift of God is Christ. The gift of Christ is the fivefold ministry. Now, some people will think that, verse 11, most people think when he said he gave some, I mean, he didn't say uh, like he gave you a gift in order for you to become a pastor. Pastoral work is not based on gifts. So God has given you a gift of, there's nothing like the gift of being a pastor. There's nothing like the gift of being, oh, I I want to go to Bible school. Why? Because I feel I have the gift of being a pastor. No, there's nothing like a gift of being a pastor. It's a calling. It's an office. So that is why you can be flowing and operating in the gift of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean you are are called to be an officer. So so Jesus Christ gave gifts. And guess what? So he didn't give, watch, this is very important. Put the Bible on the screen, verse 11. He himself gave, and he gave gifts, and then Bible says he himself gave some too. Now, when you read the text where he came up, I think even the King James Pussybaker, he gave some apostles. So he gave, the pastor is a gift to the body of Christ. A pastor is a gift to the body of Christ. An evangelist is a gift to the body of Christ. An apostle is a gift to the body of Christ. A teacher is a gift to the body of Christ. And um, a prophet is a gift to their five. Don't add any more. <laughs> All those other ones are not really this. They are gifts. So either you can be a bishop, you can be a most, most reverend, cardinal, everything. You must fall into one of these offices. So to qualify as a gift of Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So he himself gave. So as I stand here, I'm not doing this because I went to Bible school. I'm doing this because I was called. And watch this. I'm not doing this because I am gifted. So there can be someone here who can even be more gifted in seeing revelations than me. Or gifted in, in even speaking, public speaking. Listen, your ability to speak eloquently doesn't mean you are called to preach. Jesus! That's right. That's right. We are called to preach. If you are called to preach, if calling is based on ability to speak, then anybody at all can find something in the Bible, find out, and it's actually happening now. Well, some people are preaching without being sent, they don't have a message. They don't have a message. Because when you say, no, in Romans, he said from Romans chapter 10, from verse 13, he said, how, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So how shall they call on him whom they have, in, they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And he said, how shall they hear? Without, you see, and watch the next one, which a lot of people don't know. The next one. How shall they preach? Unless what? Unless what? Unless what? So the preaching that brings salvation is the preaching from the saints once. Yes. 
They're preaching from the center. When it hits your spirit, something reacts within you to God, not to the preacher. To God. It pulls you towards God because he has been sent. It's not a gift. It's an assignment. And depending on how well you are working with the Holy Spirit, some gifts will begin to operate in your life. If you're listening to me, uh, via the internet and on whatever, whatever medium and you are in your church and you have special you are able to prophesy very fast you're able to see gifts and your pastor doesn't do any of that because he doesn't have the gifting it doesn't mean that you should take over because the gifts are based on the manifestation of the Holy Spirit so if you, maybe the person is quenching the Holy Spirit. Maybe he's quenching, maybe he has been fighting his wife at home. So every time, Holy Spirit, you know, pastors are also human beings. So. <laughs> Most people, if you have a chat with pastor's wife, you will be shocked the things that sometimes pastors can go through. So you, the pastor has left you to now because you can speak well. You see one or two gifts. You have not been called. You decide to take over the, the, plate, the platform of the one who has been called. The Bible puts it this way in Hebrew. It says that no one takes this honor upon himself. You don't, you don't make yourself a pastor because you can preach. And nowadays it has become a very lucrative. You can see sometimes maybe you see a pastor. You look at the guy and say, hey, hey. Hebrews 5.4, no one takes this honor on himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. Do you see that? So it's not gifts. It's a calling. But most of our young, young, young people, particularly those who are failing professionally, academically, and things like that, they look at that thing. They see this is a quick, quick way to look very important and very powerful in society. So they call themselves, even when no, they, 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 I'm called, I'm calling myself God. If you don't have me, I'm, God. I'm going to do it. You either join me. Oh, <laughs> then they have to invite some big men of God to come and preach, raise money. So we are also doing it and all that. But I'm not saying there's uh, preaching and raising money. But that, which already both said, if you call yourself, you have to supply your own anointing. Oh. But it's sad to note. You see a pastor like Pastor David standing here, preaching and is going across the world, and you say, I like that one. When you go to the um, shop, they have displayed shoes, and don't you like it? So why don't you take it home? Will you pay the price? Are you ready to pay the price? Most people see only the finished product, the external, but the, the work behind. Now that is the call that is coming on us. We need people who want to pay the price. Say, God, visit our lands. Somebody, yield yourself to God. Yield yourself to God. For you are alive for such a time as this. Yield yourself. And you'll be shocked what the Holy Spirit will do through your life. Because you are so important, but sometimes we don't know. You are so, the Spirit of God wants you. He needs you. He needs you. Sometimes situations will get you distracted. So you are so busy. Can you imagine sometimes we get so busy and so we can't, we can't keep things together? Because there's a system that has been designed to keep you where you are. What are the gifts of Christ? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, all, all that. That's okay. And then now we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we have the gift of God, Christ. 
gift of Christ, offices, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, there is a, a question I want to ask because people wonder. It's mentioned and, and listed in First Corinthians chapter, what we just read, chapter 12, from verse 7 till 10. And it says that word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discernment of spirit, the uh, interpretation of tongues, divine kind of tongue, gift of healing, gift of faith, working of miracles, and then word of prophecy. Nine. Very well, clearly. But then someone add this all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Are these so? Because there are some people who say that there are more. Others say, no, these are all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Bible calls this the manifestation of the Spirit, verse 7. He said, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For the profit of all. So I'm going to show you whether there are more gifts or not. So that you can know. How do I do if I which one should I go for? I'm going to show you that. But before I do that, I spoke about the qualifications. What qualifies a person? Or what are the criteria for God to give you the gift, for the gift to manifest over? What are the criteria? Number one, it's fundamental. Yes, have to be born again. Because if you are not born again, like a dead pilot hoping to pilot a plane, it doesn't work. Okay? All right. So you need to be born again because that's where it starts from. You need to be a regenerated person. Spirit of God must be. In you, you must be, uh, uh, you must be alive unto God. I like the way you must be alive unto God. All right. For Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have gone, passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Uh, listen, I taught this Easter, but let me re- repeat it. When you are born again and God forgives you your sin, He actually has forgiven you your sin. Someone asked, so when you go to heaven and they bring all the things you have done, I said, there's nothing to bring because it has been deleted from God's files. (laughs) This should make you say, hallelujah, Jesus. It has, the things you did. Now, guess what, guess what? Even it, it, it sounds better, it gets better. After you become born again, before you become born again, all the things you do, as soon as you, keep, you become born again, Bible says, but God wipes it off. So you look like someone who has never done anything wrong. It's deleted. And then guess what? No backup. God, no, they don't have, God doesn't have backup for sin. No. Everything is God. Everything is God. Now, guess what? Now, so how, what about when, now that you have been forgiven, you become born again? How about that? Now, even before you came in, he was able to forgive you. How much more? These people are made to feel like when you are born again and you stumble into sin or you, and you miss it, that God said, hey, you, you have done it again, finish with you. No. God is a loving father and he forgives you. Men will not forgive you, so be careful what you do. <laughs> Men will always remember. They see you, they say, they know. But <laughs> sometimes they don't want to remember, but they know. You must know that God is a, a, a forgiving God. God who forgives. All right. When you become born again, take care of you. So the first thing is you have to be born again. It's just, actually, it's not a requirement, it's just a platform. It's a platform. All right. And then number two, um, According to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, this is a very important thing for you to know. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, is that okay we all read it together from the screen? I really would. Let's go. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may profess it. One more time, louder. And desire spiritual gifts, but especially. You remember he said concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. 
Then he went on and says, I pursue love. It's interesting. First Corinthians chapter 14 really deals with the gifts, especially comparing tongues, just ordinary prayer language, to prophecy. That's why I said that, but especially that you prophesy. Because when you prophesy, you are benefiting others. All right. But let me, let me, let me uh, take it this way. That pursues uh, uh, love. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12 was talking about the gift. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talked about only love. Spoke about love. Then he said, let me show you a more excellent gift. That's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Then he goes to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He said, pursue love and desire spiritual gift. All I'm trying to say is that for you to see the gift of the Holy Spirit operating in your life, you must desire. You, you, you must desire that God, I want you. I want you to manifest yourself to me. But sometimes some of us desire specific gifts like, God, I want you to give me discernment of spirit so that when I go to church, I can tell who has just sinned, whose tongues is fake. And all. God will mind you with that kind of carnal prayers, fleshly, fleshly. Oh, the other time I saw the, this other person prophesying. And anytime, because she's been prophesying, people think in the church that she's more special, she's more mature. Me to God, give me the grace, so I, give me the gift so I can prophesy. So other people will know that me too, I'm there. Right. So this is not a kind of, this is, when, when we talk about this desire, this is fleshly desires. Those are the things God delivered us from. Fleshly, there are people who are dominated and ruled by their fleshly desires. But when he said desire, you are, you are, you are talking about have an appetite for it. God, is it healing? I, I would love it for you to use me. If there's anyone you want to use, use me. Uh, the songwriter said, if you can use anything, Lord, then you can use me. You want you, you are praying. If it is gift of healing, gift of faith, working of miracles, you have it heart that God, I want you to use me. Now, once you have a desire for the gifts of the spirit, the propensity is that the gift will begin to flow in your life. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. While someone has been a very old-time Christian, feels very bourgeois. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's the word. It's the word. It's the word. You know, you have to know the word. It's the word. And some time ago, I traveled with a great man of God. And then at that time, there are some pastors in town. And they told you, no, it's not about miracles. It's not about miracles. It's about the word. It's the word. And then this great man of God, this bishop told me that, see, when they can't work miracles, they say it's not about miracles. <laughs> oh, it's not about miracles. It's about the word. You know what I discovered? Thank God for Bishop David Oyedipo. He doesn't criticize some things. You know what I discovered? Thank God for people like Benin, Pastor Chris Oyakilomi, and their gift that is operating in their life. As long as you say this, it doesn't matter. Listen, it will never come near you. So what you do is when you see God, you see somebody, the gift operating, you, you thank God for it, you celebrate it. The questions, the ones you don't understand, any questions you don't about, just leave it. So that those questions don't contaminate your virgin desire. Does that make sense? It's very important. I've been around a while and I've realized any man of God who talks down on prophecy, on miracles, they themselves, it doesn't show up in their lives. Don't talk it down. I will show you in the scriptures. Bible says that despise not prophesying. Mm-hmm. Say desire. desire. Number three. Number three requirements for the gifts to operate in our lives. You must think about. Bible says that for the manifest. Let's look at it. Verse seven. First Corinthians chapter two, verse seven. Look at that again. Let's read it together. Let's go. <laughs> of the Spirit is given to each one 
For what? For what? For what? You must have the interest of other people's blessing. If you are thinking of being a blessing to people, it makes it easy for the Holy Spirit, the gift to flow, because the gift is supposed to be for the benefit of all. Not for the benefit of self and you. So as long as you are thinking about yourself and what people will think about you, some people can't profess because they are thinking someone will think about this. There are times you go to a place, they say, okay, can we ask our sister to pray? After finish praying, you're asking everybody, how was my prayer? Was it powerful enough? What kind of, what kind of thing is that? How was it powerful enough? Did I, did I pray powerfully? And, well, I mean, was it too long? Or the words I was using, what do you think? So next time you go and take a Bible dictionary, looking for words, so that when it's time to pray, you begin to release Toda Ashe and the Kanka web and the Pama web and the <laughs> So number three, what is it? The blessing of others. Number four, that's the last one. Then I can move on to the things to note. Very important things. Number, number four, seeking the glory. Seeking his glory. All right. So if you seek God's glory, these are, if you are not seeking God's glory, God won't show up in you because God doesn't share some things with anybody. He doesn't share. He, three things he said is mine. He said the tithe is mine. Let's all say that together. I know some people won't be able to say it. But let's say it again. Just that one. That's what God said. So if you squander it and the tithe is mine, the glory is mine. If you temper with God's glory, he will withdraw from you. Because glory is so important to God that all the glory comes to him. Anything that happens, that's why we give testimonies. You are coming to say that this is because of God. Tithe is mine, glory is mine, vengeance is mine. These three things. Vengeance. Don't, don't go and fight. Uh, you are proof to it. Leave it for God. Leave it for God. Tell someone, leave it for God. Some of us leave it for him, but then we manage it. Uh, so, so, God, I know you're I'll show you when you can come. You can come at, the, the, to, at to this point, but not everywhere. Leave it for God. We calculate everything with our mind, and this person has done this against me. I realize that when you are a genuine Christian, the Spirit of God will help you to release people and forgive them. If you want to. Some of us, we don't want to. Because sometimes it's more, it massages your feelings. It's very uh, rewarding and comforting. Comforting to still keep it. You know, I know it's my right. I'm going to deal with this person. And uh, oh God, help me to forgive. But you know, in your heart, say, God, don't try it. Uh, yeah. But you just have to be religious, you know, in your mental disposition. God, I, w- I just want to forgive, you know. Uh, people, someone say, you know, I've forgiven you. I've forgiven you. And the, every week they'll come and, you know, I've forgiven you. Hmm. I've forgiven you. <laughs> they are lying. They haven't forgiven you. They are, they are just being religious. But God said, vengeance is mine. Tell someone, vengeance is his. Say that again, vengeance is his. So anything that happens in the church, I like the way Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter 3, verse, verse 21. By starts from 20, he said that he, unto him, you see how he started the statement, unto, say unto. Most of us, we, we don't see the down to him. All right, King James said unto him, I think so. Most of us, we only see him who is able. No, but he's just saying something that now too, then he talks, talks about God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, 
above all that we can think, ask or think according to his powers that work to him. So he said, so you can, all that, who can do, who is able, you can put it in parentheses. But he's talking about unto him. The next verse tells you what he didn't finish saying. Because God can do so, put it back, go back. God can do so much that once he started talking about who is able, the list didn't finish. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can think. Sometimes I think you think and God has done it above that. God can do that. But he says that, don't, let's remember that glory must come to you. So he said, go to the next verse. To him be the glory where? In the church. All these testimonies, it's not because the pastor is so powerful. No, no pastor is powerful. Because Jesus is working here. Because so unto him. So now, if you want to flow in the gift of the spirit and you don't have God's glory at heart, forget it. Forget it. He won't consider you. That, does that make sense? So you must be born again. That's foundational. And then what's the second one? Have the desire number three. The blessing and number four. The glory of God. Now, these are things. Let me, so these are foundational things. Let me show you something quickly. You have to note these things. Concerning spiritual gifts. He said, concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. Did you remember that? There are some things you have to know. Brothers and sisters. Number one, as I said, are these all the spiritual gifts? The Holy Spirit clearly says that concerning spiritual gifts. Then he went on to say, to one is given, to another one is given. And he ended it there. All right, so really, technically speaking, as I told you, that these gifts, you can't operate them by yourself. The Holy Spirit must be involved because it's the manifestation, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So if you make it your display and it's not involved, it can't be the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? So the Holy Spirit must be involved. Now, however, Romans chapter 12, I want to show you something. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. There's something that's very interesting. It says that having gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. So the gift that you operate in has differs based on what grace is upon your life. Now, watch this. This gift, he broadens it. So he says that, let us use them. If prophecy, so is from the test, it implies prophecy is a gift. Right? If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to the faith, our faith, go to the next verse and see. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches. Ah, so now he said ministry is a gift. Teaching is a gift because now he's saying like, so if you have that, and then go to the next one. Look at that. He who exhorts, talking to me, in exhortation. He who gives. Hey, so giving is a gift. Wow. You understand that? Now, so someone can say that, Pastor, I have not been given the gift of giving. <laughs> That's why I don't give. My own is to exhort. So just give me the mic, let me stand and say, Brothers and sisters, let us pray. All right. So, God, put it back on the screen. Let me show you something. So he, he mentions some, and then look at that. He said, uh, with liberality, he who leads. So leading. Mm. Intelligence. Now watch this. I want to explain some things for you. He, he who shows me. So showing mercy can also be given. Someone will say that my gift is showing mercy. So I can't prophesy. It doesn't matter. My gift is. Because the way he, he, he put the text, you can tell that he was mentioning gifts or grace. He said, every, everyone, verse 6, it talks about gift is given to our gifts. Differ, the gift differ based on the kind of grace that is given to you. So God gives you grace and the grace, watch this, watch this, the grace makes you do some things. Do you have leaders in the secular world? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. 
So is it a gift of the Holy Spirit? So you can lead. Some of us, your boss is at your workplace. You are a leader or team leader. You can't say because that that's my gift. God has given. No, that is it's natural. You can do it. But watch this. Anytime you, you do anything in the church, consider it grace to do it. Yes. Even though naturally you could do it outside of the church, watch this. Why? So what's the difference? The church, well, anything we do in church is to, to build the church. Now, no human being has the capacity, capability, the ability to build Christ. You can't. So anything you do in the church, if you are ushering, you are ushering with diligence, it's because you, the ability to do it for someone to be blessed is from God. So it's considered a gift. And there are times you can be ushering and then you employ your baby, like our sister here, she's a flight attendant. And she's an usher as well, isn't it interesting? So you're an usher, but now you begin to put on your flight attendant hat and you are doing some good things. It's, it may be good, it may serve that. As long as it does not interfere with what Christ is trying to do, God, watch this, God uses that. Anything God uses is not from us. Does that make sense? Anything, oh, but it's my natural. Yeah, you think it's your natural, but watch, for your natural ability to bless someone, it must be from God. So not the, the ability from God, but God breathed upon your natural ability. So according to, it can, it's, it's like, you know, when you are drawing or something and someone puts his hand on you and shows you, okay, do it this way. So you are doing it, but then there's a hand because no one can make any spiritual impact without the involvement of God. That's what I'm trying to say, right? However, there are times maybe you are ushering because you are a flight attendant, you are very skillful and you're offended or upset someone, you didn't even upset someone, but it didn't even edify anybody. It's just your normal abilities. It's not a gift of God and operation. You think somebody didn't get it? So there are times, he said, he who is leading, some of the the ones he mentioned, there are some of them you can do, some of these gifts you can do and be on your own. Typical example is singing. There are several times people sing and they are on their own. They sing. They are displaying their vocal is it, dexterity. They are displaying their vocal skills. You know, and there are times people will be doing it. There are times that, like Samson, the Spirit of God will not be on someone, but he's done it so many times. He knows which song will make people go, and all that. So, and genuinely, the Spirit of God is not on, on what he's doing or what she's doing. All right. So what I'm trying to say is that there are times that some of these abilities which the Holy Spirit comes upon, because I've been in church for a while. There are times someone joins a church and then grace comes upon them to begin to sing and they begin to excel. There are other people too, they were actually singing before they came to church. And then when they came to church, they start singing. The gift is already, naturally, they are talented and gifted. But it can't bless people unless the Holy Spirit comes upon it. That's what I'm trying to say. So there are times that you, you have lost fellowship and strong relationship with the Holy Spirit, and you can still do it. So people will know that it's your gift. But we can, sometimes we can't tell whether now the Holy Spirit is really influencing you or you are doing your own thing. Right. So now, how does that gift differ from the nine ones we just mentioned? This other gift, you didn't hear like other prophecy? Did you see that there's prophecy? The first one is said is a prophecy. So prophecy is a gift, but there are other gifts which doesn't involve the direct influence of the Holy Spirit. You can do them when the Spirit of God comes upon, it will be a blessing. But you can do them outside, it doesn't mean because you are good at it already. Like you are an accountant. 
you had, you, you chatted, and you are one of the top students. You don't have to be born again to be a top accounting, accounting student. Is that true? Yeah. And then you come to church, and you are doing it well. So now, and it's been a blessing to the body of Christ. Then as soon as it's going to be a blessing, the Spirit of God comes upon it. Yeah. Or comes upon that gift. But naturally, that's what you are good at. But you can't say you are trained, you are trained to prophesy, naturally. You are trained to see visions, um, to see word of knowledge. As I'm talking to you, I begin to know what he's thinking about. No, those ones are so supernatural. It has to be done directly, the Holy Spirit's involvement. So there, there are other things that we may do, which are all come under the umbrella of grace, which makes us to do it, and so like a gift to us. But when it comes to the nine supernatural gifts, that one is called clearly the manifestation of the Spirit. So the Spirit of God is now beginning to manifest himself. So he manifests himself through word of wisdom, through word of knowledge, discernment of spirit, the of thought, diverse kinds of tongue, gift of faith, gift of healing, and the word of prophecy. He manifests himself. You can't do it by yourself. Whilst you can sing by yourself. It's very important. So there are other times people say that there are more gifts and all these ones are gifts. Anything you do to the glory of God is a gift. Now, are there a difference between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit? Yes. I need to make these things clear. The fruits of the Spirit, I can't mention all of them offhand, but in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it talks about the fruit. Didn't even say plural, but fruit. Said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. All right. Then it goes on to say that against such there is no law. All right. So, they are also nine, isn't it interesting? Nine, nine. They are also nine. Someone says, listen to this very carefully. I'm leading this somewhere. These things I mentioned, they are more character. Whilst the other one are charisma. So actually, charis means charis. The word charis, it means grace. It can also mean gifts. All right? So that's where we get charismatic from. Charismatic is based, based the churches are built based on the grace gifts of the Holy Spirit. So charisma, the word of wisdom, word of the, all those things are charisma. But you can have the charisma without the character. Now, someone says that, but listen, the proof that the Holy Spirit is in my life is the fruits. Because you just say you know them by their fruits. So if you see the fruit, not the gifts. If you see the fruit, you know the Holy Spirit is in my life. Interesting. Very, very intelligent point. Because well, how do you know the Holy Spirit is someone inside? And what are the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Do you see that? Put it back on the screen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. I want to show you something very fun. Love, joy. No, no, watch, watch this. Joy is one thing I can rule out from unbelievers. But there are unbelievers who show love, even more than some people who are believers. It depends on how you define love. <laughs> Some people, when they are defined love, you, I mean, it's different. Okay. And then, <laughs> peace. There are people in church who are in turbulence. Whilst others may not be in church, but they are calm and cool and collected. Kindness, goodness. You know, sometimes you meet a young lady who says, Pastor, I want to marry him. And why do you want to marry him? Is he born again? Pastor, he's not bad. He's a very good person. So... <laughs> <laughs> Now, watch this, watch this. How many of you have heard that? I know, that, you see, watch this. I'm going to say something very important. Religious Christians don't like certain type of people. They don't like thieves. They don't, um, they don't like liars. Not even that. They don't like um, maybe 
There's those who are very conservative. They say, this one is a Muslim. I don't like him. This one is gay. I don't like him. And all that. Isn't that religious? Very religious. They don't like certain people. Right? So, but some of you have heard things like that. You are talking to a religious person who is talking to another person who is not very religious. He said, oh, he's my friend. But he's a Muslim. But he's, you know, he's a very good person. He's, and people say things like, he's a Muslim, but he's very good. Better than many of the Christians I know. How many of you have heard that before? Yes. And how many of you have said that before? Yes. I mean, it's true. If somebody's good, it's good. Yes. But now, does that mean it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit? No. See where I'm going? So the fact that someone is good doesn't mean the Spirit of God is bearing fruit in The fact that someone is kind, the, someone, the fact that someone is patient. So, so it's, see, see, watch this. Watch this. If the Holy Spirit is in you, once the, when the Holy Spirit is in you, he helps you. And if you, for instance, let's say Pastor Charles upsets me and I'm about to lose my cool because I am naturally a very radical, I used to be a very radical person now. So people come to church and say, you don't know me. You don't know me. Yeah, we don't want to know you. Because you yourself, in yourself, you are quite nasty. So you don't want, you know what I'm saying? You don't know me. Hey, you don't know me. Sometimes you are driving someone, casting on you say, okay, this guy will show you who I am. So you have something else. So the one we have been seeing is not real. Oh, all right, <laughs> but watch this. So Pastor Charles steps on my toe and my, you know, my old nature wants to show up. And then I say, Holy Spirit, lead me. There, the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is leading me, whatever, if it's love, I have to show. If it's joy, I have to show. If it's patience, I have to show. He begins to, it's not your fruit, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So he can be in your life, but you've chucked him in the corner, so he doesn't have a chance to even show up. But if the Holy Spirit is showing up, he'll bear the fruits. These are the signs that he's actually, watch this, he's actually influencing your behavior and your personality. That is for you. But his gift is displaying himself for the benefit of all. So, that you can, watch this, you can be operating in charisma, but low character. Now, that's, notice that. So the point I'm trying to make is that there are differences. And then when you see someone prophesying, it does not mean that they have it all okay. Someone can be prophesying and still struggling with gossip. The same lip. Ah, God is there. And he hasn't allowed the Holy Spirit to work on him to bear the fruits of love or patience. How many, there are people here, you have sometimes, you see maybe some, a church, someone who is very active in church, a leader in church, but he's so aggressive and hateful. But sometimes, I know of a guy, I told you, that guy, sometimes his life is, but when we finish praying, he's the first one to share revelations. Now, see, that's what people do. So some people, there are some people, because I go to church more, I've been fasting more, God will use me more than this person. Because this person, I know she's got a girlfriend. I know she's got, he's got a boyfriend. She's got a boyfriend. And he's, he's not living right. So, but then sometimes, if you don't take care, they have sorted out with themselves, God, and they come and start, and the Spirit of God is flowing. Now, the point I'm trying to make is, the manifestation of the Spirit of God in someone's life is not necessarily a sign of divine endorsement over their character. So you can manifest, you can prophesy, you can do that. All the things can flow through, the gifts can, the gifts can flow through you, but it doesn't mean God is okay with your character. That, does, does that make sense? That is why you can hear about some people, they prophesy very well, God is using them, but the next moment, ah, 
He's a serious serial liar. Or he's beating his wife. He's beating his wife and kicked his wife out of the house. Now, now, now so I know what someone will say, but pastor, how can someone do this and see the Holy Spirit manifest it? So the fact that someone is operating in the spirit doesn't mean everything he says is final. That is why the Bible said, test the spirits. You can operate in the things of the spirit and not have it fully. All right. So I can prophesy that God is about to take you to America, a serious breakthrough. But that's all I may know. So I haven't given you the full picture that God also wants you to do this for someone or do this and you know other. So we, we, the gift is in parts. Actually, in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, He said we prophesy in parts. Yes, sir. All right. So no gift is total in itself. That is why if you leave the word of God aside, you are putting yourself at risk. Because the word is the only thing you, the only thing you hear. If it doesn't agree with God's word, just throw it away quickly. Doesn't matter what someone comes to prophesy to you, sister, hallelujah. Ah, God is, and meanwhile, he prophesied just now, raised the dead. All right, listen to this very careful. He just, you just saw him raising the dead, the dead person. You saw him, someone who was sick, can't get up. He prayed, the person got up. So it stands to imply that God is so much with him. Every other thing he says is solid. But no. So long as the word is concerned, if it is not in line, someone comes to prophesy that God is telling me he's going to give you another wife. What do you say? He said, get behind me, Satan. Yes. God is telling me that I'm going to be married. Pastor, God, I saw a revelation. God, who are you going to? I'm going to be married to that sister's husband because God will take her away from there. And then, you know, all those. That's, that's, that's. Satan has been telling you, not God. Even though the other prophecies you had were true, because we can see and see it, see amiss. So a pastor can stand here or anywhere and be declaring prophecies, and some of the prophecies can be infiltrated with human elements, not because he's wrong or he's, he's fake, but that is the way it is. Human beings are like that. There are times we can get it in part, and then what, thinking we are trying to make it full, we end up adding things that God didn't actually add. But the good thing is, if you are someone who wants to work with the Holy Spirit and you stay in the scripture, if you end up adding something, it will even not be estranged from the things of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And because the Spirit of God can also convict you, or if it doesn't mean convict you, because of your relationship with the Spirit of God, you, you, you flow easily and not lead people astray. It's very important because it's creating so many problems for people. And then the, one, the, the other thing I want to say too is that don't despise prophesying. First Thessalonians chapter 5. These things are there. Look at verse 19 quickly. And then I think I'll end on this because I think the time is. What does it say? First Thessalonians. I, I hijacked his Bible. Let's read really, it. Let's read it out loud. Let's go. Some of you are not ready. One more time. Let's go. You know, it's very easy to despise spiritual things. Because if you have been beaten once. <laughs> All right. If someone came to prophesy and you lost your job and you suffered, the next time another prophecy is coming, you may not, I don't believe it. I don't believe all these things. How many of you have heard about funny prophets before? So many prophets doing all kinds of things, prophet lying. So if you, don't, if you don't take care, if you don't take care, anytime a prophecy is coming, you shut your mind, oh, I'm not interested yeah. in this thing. But I said, don't despise prophecy because you would quench the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
Don't despise. God still prophesies. Yes. God, the, so prophesying was used just to, ref, to mean the gifts. Because sometimes you can be a Christian so long, you are tired of some things, you switch off. You are not, you are not interested. Sometimes you come to church and the Holy Ghost comes on somebody. He's shaking. He's like, oh, that's one, one. This same person every time. Be careful. If you don't take, you can easily. That's, that's, that's why we have to walk with the Spirit. Yes. Because you can despise something which the Spirit is behind. But the only safe way you can do, I like the way the pastor put it yesterday. You can question some things or you can ask questions about some things. When you question it, you are being skeptical or cynical. And that will quench the Holy Spirit and grieve the Holy Spirit. But you can ask questions. But why is this so God? Find out, how does it line up with scripture? Right? So he says, do not despise prophesying. Tell someone, don't despise prophesying. Doesn't matter how long you've been in church, how good you are, and how, don't take anything for granted, especially when it's the Spirit of God who is behind it. Amen. And then finally, you have to judge. Don't take anything as final. Anything you hear, anything you see doing, keep your eyes open. Go to the next verse, what we just finished reading. What does it say? Did you see that? It said, just before, it said, quite not the Spirit. Despise not prophesy, test all things, hold fast to that which is good. First John chapter 4, it says the same thing, verse 1, it says that test spirits. All right, so it's important. Say, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. You have to test the spirit. Not everything you just accept, but don't be cynical. Don't be critical. You will quench the spirit or you will end up despising the gift. And I believe that God is going to use some people. Yeah. It can be on the bus. It can be in the traffic. You roll down your glass and then the Spirit of God is, excuse me, sir. The Spirit of God is telling me that, that don't, don't abandon your wife. She's innocent. Yeah. Then you drive off. It begins to follow. Stop. Why do you say that? Say, no, God just told me. Say, oh, my God. You are spooky. <laughs> But don't take the glory and say, yeah, I'm very powerful. Just go. Just, what's happening? God. Say it's God. Oh. Yeah. So get ready for God to use you. Amen. I said get ready for God to use you. Amen. I said God ready for God to use you. Amen. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be an evangelist. You don't have to be any special apostle or a bishop, big shop or small shop. You don't have to be anything. You just have to be willing, available, and ready. Did you get something? Yes. Put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.